This is Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. Cross Hope is broadcast daily and shares five minutes of hope and encouragement from the Word of God. Our companion website is www.crosshope.org. Now with today's uplifting message, here's Randy. Well, the first time that I ever used this stupid, foolish, sarcastic, snarky remark was years ago in South Georgia. Annie and I were at a restaurant, and we walked by a group of ladies that had the red hats on. Have you ever seen the, that group? Do you know who I'm talking about? I had never seen that idea before of all these women wearing red hats. And I went up, walked by their table, and I said to one of them, are you a motorcycle gang? And very seriously, one of them responded by saying, oh, no, we're, we're not. And then she told me we're part of the Red Hat Society. I think it's headquartered in Fullerton, California. I thought that's what she told me. 70,000 members all over the country. It's a social organization and benevolent organization, the Red Hat Society. But I saw a group of eight or 10 older men, I'd say 70 and above, at a restaurant. And I walked by them and said, are you a motorcycle gang? And one of them said, yes, we are. Thanks for noticing. <laughs> I thought that was a great, thank, great response. Thanks for noticing that we're a motorcycle gang. Well, years ago in college, good or bad, right or wrong, I subscribed to a magazine called Success Unlimited. It's no longer in publication. You can find it on the internet, issues of it. And I was so enamored with the whole concept of Success Unlimited. I even bought binders, you know, to put the issues for every year that I had and kept them. And then one day, like a revelation, it came to me, Success Unlimited is not based on achievement. It's not based on accomplishment. It's not based on number of victories in life. Success comes, get this, here's the secret right now at the beginning. Success is having the presence of God in your life. You need to write that down in your heart if you don't write it down in your notes. Success is having the presence of God in your life. And I hope you realize that and understand that. Today we begin a new series. From the Old Testament book of Joshua, the title of the series is Successful, comma, in whose eyes, question mark. It's the title of this message, but it's also the title of the series, Successful in Whose Eyes. You may think of yourself as successful. You may think of yourself as somebody who's achieved success. But my message to you is this. If the presence of God is not in your life, this is harsh. You're a failure. Let me say that again because somebody didn't hear it. If the presence of God is not in your life, you're a failure in terms of eternity. Because what matters is having the presence of God in your life. How do I know that? Well, the first nine verses of Joshua makes it plain. If you believe that the Bible is inspired and the Word of God as I do, then this message is from the Lord. It may speak to a man or a woman, young person today. Joshua 1, beginning at verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. 
Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. Forty years of wandering in the wilderness. Now it's coming, the time. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Well, Joshua, new series on Crosshope. We're in chapter 1 this week, verses 1 to 9, about success. Success in whose eyes? It's all about being successful in the eyes of the Lord. That's crosshope.org. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. Forty years of wandering in the wilderness, now it's coming, the time. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the great sea or the Mediterranean Sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you with all all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. He says it again, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then, then, underline the word then, you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you the third time? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Moses the great Moses, the one today that people in the Jewish community idolize, and and understandably so, it was dead. And I want you to notice something, just parenthetically, this is not a major point of the message. Moses is simply referred to by the book of Joshua as whom? What's, What's it say about it? Somebody say it out loud. Servant. That's it. The highest office in the body of Christ is servant. The highest title and honor that I think the Lord could give Moses is saying, he's my servant. So many people want to lord it over people. and This is my title and this is my position. And you better respect my position in the highest office in the body of Christ. There's a wake-up call for some people to serve. I serve Jesus Christ, period. Who do you serve in life? Everybody serves somebody. Everybody serves something or someone. Who do you serve? And so Joshua is appointed the leader of the people. What an honor. Now you get these people, verse 2, Moses is dead. Now then you get all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. Chris Rich is a minister from Marysville, Washington. He says every mission needs a leader, every platoon needs a lieutenant. 
Every battalion needs a commander, every army a general. Everyone on a mission will be battling something in life because of the spiritual warfare that's around us. And Joshua is told that God's promise of success is not based on his past successes, his current skills, or his future odds. It's based on the fact that God's with him. That is so important. We want to base the idea of success on all kinds of things, but it's based on the presence of God, as I mentioned earlier. Three times in this passage, the word says this, be strong and be courageous. And for years, I thought it meant that I had to be strong and I had to be courageous in my own strength and my own power. That's not what it means. Three times in this passage, and actually a fourth time at the end of the chapter, the word says this, be strong and be courageous. And for years, I thought it meant that I had to be strong and I had to be courageous in my own strength and my own power. That's not what it means. Guess what? When the Lord is with you, you develop a courage and a strength that comes out of knowing God's with you. Let me give you an example in life. If you're a parent... Or you remember your relationship with your parents. There was something about having a parent, a father, or mother encourage you in your sport, in your studies, whatever the case may be, in your relationships with people. And there's strength, get this, that comes out of the encouragement of a dad, the encouragement of a mother. And so the strength and encouragement doesn't necessarily come from within, but it's through the encouragement of other people. And so it is when we are in the presence of the Lord. We develop a courage that's His courage. And we develop a strength that is His strength. And that's something to know that the Lord's presence in my life brings about courage and strength. What do you need strength for today? You may say, well, I don't have any military struggles to face like Joshua. No, but do you have these things that you have to face in life? Doug Hoagland is a writer. He says, You need strength and courage to confront someone you love who's heading down a dangerous path. Listen to that again. Somebody in this room needs the courage and the strength to confront someone you love who's heading down a dangerous path. And that means different things to different people. Things I have no idea what I'm talking about with you, but you know. It takes strength and courage to ask forgiveness from someone you've hurt. You know of somebody you've hurt deeply. And it takes courage and it takes strength to ask forgiveness. Thirdly, he says it takes courage to restore a relationship that was severed years ago. That means different things again to different people. You need strength and courage to stand up to a bully at school, at home, or at work. You need strength and courage to refuse to do something you know is dishonest. Anyone ask you to do something and you say, you know what? What he's asked me to do is wrong, it's illegal, it's immoral. And it takes courage to stand up to people who ask you to do something that is dishonest. Three more, it takes courage and strength to let go of some addiction that's got you in its grip. It takes the power of God to eliminate an addiction in your life, it really does. It takes courage and strength to share your faith with someone who doesn't necessarily even believe in God. It's not a question of whether they 
you know, go to church or don't go to church. They don't even believe in the Lord. And it takes courage to say, I want to speak to you about your life. And that takes courage and it takes strength that only God can give. And the last one he says, take strength and courage to begin an entirely new venture in your life or to begin life over again. Some people today are in the process of starting a new life. You say, what do you mean? I think the Lord gives us new beginnings over the years. You change jobs, new beginning. You move to another house, new beginning. You change in your relationship with someone, new beginning. And there's constantly new beginnings happening all the time in our lives, and it takes courage to face those new beginnings. And it takes a strength that only comes, only comes from the Lord. God intervenes in your life by saying, go where I'm leading. Go where I'm leading. God encourages you by saying, I'm with you. God intervenes in your life by saying, go where I'm leading. Go where I'm leading. God encourages you by saying, I'm with you. And God's equipping plan is His Word and His presence, and we become stronger and encouraged when we lean on Him. Don't minimize the power of God's encouragement in your life. Listen to that again. Don't minimize God's encouraging power in your life. Let me tell you why you need encouragement in your life. Because of Satan. And I know we live in a day and age where people like to minimize Satan and, oh, I'm not sure he exists. Isn't it amazing? We see all kinds of evil and wickedness around you and then say, but there's no Satan. What's the source of evil? What's the source of wickedness in people's lives? You've got to believe that there is a satanic force involved in life. There was a movie out in 1995. I never saw it. I couldn't even tell you who was in it. Made in 1995. It was called The Usual Suspects. Evidently, and I hope I'm right, I may have misspeaking when I tell you this, there's supposedly a mythical character in the movie by the name of Kaiser Souza, who I don't think is seen. He's almost a mythical character, and I think he's like a narrator is the way I understood the description of the film. And this mythical crime kingpin in the movie states, in a voiceover, the greatest trick the devil has ever pulled was convincing the world he doesn't exist. Wow. Listen to that again. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he didn't exist. Is that true in your life? That Satan has fooled you into believing he doesn't exist. He doesn't exist. I want to talk about verse 8 in, in a little more depth. Do not let this book of the law, referring to the first five books of the Old Testament, don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Success comes from obedience to the Word of God. You're going to have a hard time convincing some of your friends that. And let's be honest, it may be hard to convince you of that. It may be hard to convince your spouse of that. It may be hard to convince your parents, your children, to believe that, a brother or a sister. But success comes in obedience to the Word of God. Here's why. 
We all take our cues from something. You know, some people take their cues from Hollywood. Whatever fashion trends are in, that's what I'm going to wear because that's what's cool. That's what's hip. That's what's in. We do that with clothing. We do that with styles. We do that with music. Whatever is the cool stuff in life, that's what our cue, that's what we're going to follow. And very few men, women, and young people today realize that it's following on the Word of God, meditating on it day and night. And I want to talk about meditation in a second, but you do everything to be careful to do everything written in it. What's that mean? You follow it. Someone asked me years ago, what does it mean to meditate? on the Word of God. And I love, I love what Joyce Meyer said years ago. Some of you know Joyce Meyer, Bible teacher. She said, do you know how to worry? And people in the crowd raised their hands. You know how to meditate. If you know how to worry, then you know how to meditate. Well, this message concludes tomorrow on CrossHope. Our website is crosshope.org. If you know how to worry, then you know how to meditate. What did she mean by that? You worry all the time, and so do I, about things, about family members. It means you ponder things over a situation, and you meditate on it, you think about it, you hash over it. And she said, if you know how to worry, then you know how to meditate on the Word of God. And listen to this. This is a brilliant statement. I'm amazed at my brilliance sometimes. And so that's a joke, by the way. You can't meditate on the Word of God if you never read it. Don't tell me how you meditate on the Word of God, and I can't tell you how I meditate on the Word of God if we never read it. You read it in order to study it. You study it in order to absorb it. You absorb it in order to live it. And you live it in order to be blessed and to have the power of God in your life through obedience to His Word then you will be prosperous and successful. And so many people think, well, when you become a Christian, what happens is you give up your will. May I tell you that's wrong? You don't give up your will when you become a Christian. You exercise it. You make a decision. I'm going to believe in Jesus Christ. And here's what I want to leave with you. There's power that comes in your life in an unknown way. I can't explain it. When you choose to believe in God, you choose to believe in the Word of God, you choose to believe in the Spirit of God, something happens. I don't usually end with a funny story, but I'm going to this morning because it illustrates the very thing I'm trying to tell you. A minister I knew years ago was baptizing a young man, and he said he rarely said anything after a baptism when We baptize people. You've seen we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Put them under the water and bring them out like that, and that's usually it. But this minister said, when I baptized this young man, I felt prompted to put my hand on his head. And here's what I said to him. You're a child of God. The Holy Spirit has sealed you. You're a child of God. The Holy Spirit has sealed you. And you belong to Jesus Christ for all eternity. And the young man looked up at him. You know what he said? "Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. 
I love that. Uh-oh. He's saying, man, I've gotten into something I wasn't aware of. Some of you have said, uh-oh, recently, when you realize Jesus is the Lord of your life. And he wants to be the Lord of your life. He wants to be the one you follow, the one you obey, the one you're loyal to, the one you stand beside because he stands beside you. The Lord wants you to stand beside him because he stands with you. There is nowhere you go. There's no place you go. There's no situation you come into that the Lord is not with you. And I go back to the beginning of the message. Success isn't victory. It's not dollars made. It's not achievement. It's not great average. It's not this or that. Success is the presence of God in your life. Decide. Decide that He's going to be the Lord of my life. And I don't give up my will. I exercise it. I decide to believe in the one who has a claim on my life. His name's Jesus. Well, my friend, if the premise of this message is true, that success means having the presence of God in your life, I ask you this simple question. Is the Lord in your life? If He isn't, why not? If He is, is He the Lord of your life? Crosshope.org You've been listening to Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. For more information about this ministry or to re-listen to any message heard on this broadcast, go to our website at crosshope.org. Be sure to join us at this same time each weekday or listen at www.crosshope.org. Cross Hope is listener-supported and is produced by Cross Hope Ministries, Incorporated.